Do you cry much watching films? Any films you cried? Cry much watching films? Um, I mean, the very obvious one is E.T. I mean, you know, when he when he leaves Elliot and goes up on the spaceship. And I think, you know, a lot of people talk about that. So it's almost a cliche, but that just always triggers something. Within. When was the last time you cried watching a film? Can you remember? You know what has to be said about uh, crying with films is that you do realise that with clever editing and music, it's amazing how the tears can be mentally triggered. Because I, you know, um, I wasn't as enamoured with Top Gun Two as everyone else, which I know is a bit of a controversial thing. Everyone loved it, but when he got out of that plane and everyone was, oh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, oh no, don't let me ruin that. Fucking hell! Know. Dude, that's nothing. That, that's nothing ruined there at all. Nothing ruined there. Oh, time. really? That's not Cruise blasphemy on the okay. on the podcast. There. Are we talking about Tom Cruise within the first? I know. Right, is, <laughs> it's a disaster. It's a complete, <laughs> quite a catastrophe. It's um, it's got to be said. Um, I'm trying to think of another example outside of Tom Cruise. Then, um, but at the end of the film is like, which my brain won't allow me to actually eke out. Worryingly, do you really like him? I've got a love and hate relationship, but I guess like any romance, there's a lot of uh, rocks in. We amongst... can't talk about him again. I know we've got to, we've got we? to push him aside. I don't think I, I didn't think I did like him to this degree, but obviously I do. He's, he's hopping in my. Um, You're absolutely obsessed. Without knowing it, really, but um, yeah. I maybe mean, I'm going to just put my hand up and say yes. I've become a cruise um, disciple. It's a terrible yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another. Have you ever film. cried in the cinema? I cried regularly in the cinema. Oh, do you? And that's what I mean. Sometimes it's a film which I haven't really enjoyed that much. And then it comes to the final act. And because it's the right music and editing. They've got you. Like, um, I'm trying to think. uh, This is pathetic. And I think I shouldn't really sort of announce this really. But the end of Jurassic Park Dominion. um, uh, You're not going to tell it. No spoilers. That would be a spoiler again, so I shouldn't Fucking mention that. There, there, there's, a, there's a moment at the end of, uh, okay. at the end with Chris Pratt and a dinosaur, but I won't go into it. Chris and Pratt and a dinosaur. Chris Pratt and a dinosaur. What more do you want? I mean, that should be the slogan on the poster. What do you sound like when you cry in a cinema? Can you go up to the mic a bit? and? Ugh. Ugh. Lots Ugh. of swallowing. Oh, oh dear. Do you, do you make that noise? No, probably not. Oh, dear. <laughs> Probably, that's probably over the top, me being a bit pantomime with it. What noise do you make? If you don't make a noise, don't make a noise. I think, um... Right up to the mic. A bit of nose breathing. I think there's a lot of hyperventilation that takes can, place. Can we just listen to, like, 15 seconds of you crying? Like, as, as truthfully as possible, watching a movie. It's a lot of breathing. There was a lot of breathing. I do high I, I I struggle with it. There's a lot of inner struggle taking place. Yeah. It's like, why are you crying at this? Oh, really? Because I mean? well, it's sort of, of it's strange, isn't it, when you feel yourself crying? It feels a bit embarrassing. Oh, very embarrassing. You, it feels like you really want to open the floodgate gates and uh, give it your all. Yeah. I think a lot of the time I don't want to, but they're open. Oh, you don't want you don't themselves. want to cry. 
No, no, because I think a lot of the time these films I find myself crying at, I think I haven't fully embraced them as a movie. I wouldn't come out to cinema saying that was five out of five. But because it comes to a climactic begin ending, sorry, with the right music, the editing, close-ups on faces, it's more like my brain's being triggered by a clever psychological... Oh, God. Right, okay. An experiment. It's like, why are you crying? Do you right. know what I mean? But the music's there. It's Dolby Surround. It's a big screen. and you, They're crocodile tears. That's the way to look at it. Well, so, okay. Are there any movies that have genuinely made you cry that have been good? That you've oh, I tell it? you, definitely. Okay, yeah, definitely. Saving okay. Private Ryan, a lot of the death scenes in that. I think... Um, you cried, really? You cried watching Yeah, that, yeah, really? definitely. There's one where um, someone gets shot in, in, a, in a field surrounded by cows. I don't know why I remember the cows. <laughs> And it's sort of agriculture in the 40s. And it was a case of uh, they're putting, um, oh, God, what's the thing that they put into people when they're dying? Uh, Morphine. Flowers? Um, Not quite at that point. It was more morphine in the old legs. And and, uh, he's calling out for his mother, which is really dark. He's like, mama, you know, like really like calling out for a sort of like a childlike manner, calling out for his mother, apologizing in his head towards his mother because they had an argument before he left for war or whatever. Uh, And um, I don't remember that bit. Real, very real type of thing. And that got you, did it? And also, Adam Goldberg got stabbed at the end of um, Saving Private Ryan. I found that very tearful as a Nazi slowly putting a dagger into his oh, shoulder. Oh, yeah. Is that is that in the top room? Yes. Of it? Yeah. Yes, in the top room. And he, he tries to talk him out of it as well. He's like, no, no, come on, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. Oh, that made you cry, did it? I found it very real. Very real. Yeah. yeah. Very disturbing. Yeah, I found yeah. it very disturbing. Yeah. I think there's another... Per- there's a lot of people crying out for their mothers and saving private lives. One guy on fire on the beach screaming for his mum. Have you cried at a film that isn't Steven Spielberg? Once again, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, until these things are pointed out to me, my cinema scope is very, very narrow. It has to be said, it's not until people actually sit me down and say this. That, Imagine um, if you met him. It would be like meeting your creator. It really would okay, be like... Okay, say I'm Steven Spielberg. Hello, David. Well, let's try and do it genuinely. Hi, Dave. David, I've got Steven Spielberg on. Yeah, he's coming on. The, uh, it's like, shit, he's coming out now. He's coming on Zoom now. He's coming out. Right, ready? Hey, hey. Steve, lovely to, you know, lovely to meet you. You wouldn't Steve. call him Steve. No, I wouldn't, would I? I wouldn't. Come on, let's do it. Okay, David, he's coming on Zoom. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to have a chat. I mean, oh, well, I'm actually incredibly not a problem. busy. Not a problem. <laughs> well, what, what have you been up to? I'm straight to questions, but uh, how's your day gone? I mean, um, oh, I just had a, I just had an old Jay, you know, and had some oatmeal, and uh, you know, it's just the way I start the day, you know, David. Goodness, are you working on anything at the moment, or? Am I worried about film? Why? I always got films on the go. I've got a number of films on the go, David. Welcome. Oh, hey, David. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for doing the podcast. Not a problem. Oh, I don't know where, where, where to sort of begin with this one. This is very kind of... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to actually sort of put myself in, into sort of the reality Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep going because I feel like he's with us now. I mean, you're, you're 70 years old now. Oh, I mean, what are you hoping enough, for your future? Enough of, the, uh, enough of that, David. <laughs> That's what he's like, Stephen. 
he's he's just cheeky, like, he's a very down to earth kind of chap, isn't he? Simple as that. Who is? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Well, don't talk about me as if I'm not here. Yeah, you? quite right. Absolutely, we need to. So, sorry, you are an actual person. Let's interact. Let's be. Let's let's be totally. I'm trying to think what I would. Do you know <laughs> what? I was trying to get over small talk as soon as possible yeah. and, and really puncture him. <laughs> some, um, okay, you've got ten minutes with him. What what would be his first question? I definitely are, and this is. I know this is not good for the podcast. These these questions are so repetitive. I've got to get out of this maze of just like talking about certain things. But um, why you didn't do Indiana Jones Five? I'd be very interested in. He turned his well, back on you know, all that. David, I felt like I'd been there, done that. And, you know, you only got so many years left in your life, and I had uh, other projects I'm very, very interested in. So that's probably why I didn't, in the end, do Indiana Jones Number Five. Do you know, that kind of does answer my question. I feel in a bizarre way. It's like, what else could he say? In a bizarre way, I feel as though I can move on. Thanks. <laughs> Go on, yeah. do this more often. It's quite therapeutic. Because I mean, what else can like you say that? Are you sort of falling in love with me? I feel like you're crazy. I know. God. <laughs> brain can slip into a situation of like, right, okay, you know. If you okay. Ask um, what would you ask? Any other questions, Dave? We've got about eight minutes left. I would definitely ask questions about, um, I'd say, you know, what were the toughest situations you had on a film set? You know, we had to really dig deep and you think, dear God, this has got out of control. Well, you know, so many film sets uh, come with their own problems and obstacles and there's not really one that stands out. But I suppose Jaws was a, a very fiddly, tricky uh, project. Um, I don't know if you know the background of Jaws. The oh, I know. Jaws. Well, I'm a big fan of that one. Definitely. Yeah, well, that was an absolutely, that was a real tricky uh, uh, project. I was only young and uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence behind me. The, the studios weren't particularly confident in me. But um, I would say Jaws is probably the toughest shoot I've ever done. It's <laughs> bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah, I'm sort of like, I'm thinking to myself, I imagine when you're like, if you were like a, a big podcaster like Commode and you were able to interview these people. You finally got them in the room, but it'd be a case of... Were you blowing kisses at me then? I think so. Well, no, I hope not. (laughs) If so, I'm I'm, I'm grabbing them back and putting them back in my pocket. I've I've gone out of control Imagine, imagine. Well, basically, it feels like you've had Steven Spielberg on the podcast. Literally interacting with him. (laughs) I mean, what more can he say to you? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you know, you've got the answers. Oh, go on then, one more. more. We've got last question, David. Let's act out this now. Let's call him Stephen. Call him Stephen or Mr. Spielberg. Absolutely, probably Mr. Spielberg. Keep it, uh, keep it polite. I think I would say to him, whereby you've got apps, you could do anything in Hollywood. I mean, first of all, it'd be like you are the zero. David, we've literally got a minute left with Stephen. Oh right, okay. You you, you are the zero point five percent in Hollywood of you know you can do whatever you want. Do you find it hard to, to pick your next project? Do you ever second guess yourself? Well, I think it's important just to trust your gut and trust your heart. And if a script comes along that excites me, you know, I can't put my finger on it exactly. But if a script comes along, I'm reading it and it's captured my imagination and it excites me, then, you know, that's a good start in anyone's books. That literally would be his answer. I think he's actually given that answer before he does talk about that. It's all about your guts. You are quite right. When you do have an interview with these people, you do just sort of leave. You don't quite get what you expect, but it's a case of, well, what else do you expect them to say? It's a bizarre one, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not him. But you might as well be bizarre. <laughs> 
because I've seen all the interviews with oh, him. Oh God! He just, he just says what you just said. I don't think you. I don't think you watch all the interviews like I no. do. No. And he oh, does well. just. Oh, there you go. Let's put him. Let's that, put that one to bed. You're right about Indiana yeah. Jones Five. I think. I think he's made some good points about that. Just common sense. Move on. Life's too short. David Edwards movie news. Right, David, have you got any movie news this week? Yeah, so I'll tell you some interesting movie news, all right? This, this, there's a lot of articles this week about this, and it's quite surprising. And um, there was a lot of articles saying the worst job um, in Hollywood at the moment, uh, people would say, which is ironic because I think people in this area of, of, of Hollywood would go out of their way to work in this place. They say working in the special effects post-production department of Marvel is by far the worst place to work in Hollywood. It's like a sweatshop. Uh, they have what they call crunch time, and it's incredibly stressful. And um, it's, it's literally ruined families working there because people are just... Didn't, Crunch time is, is, a, um, is a term first uh, emerged within the game design um, industry, like Blizzard and, and uh, EA and things like that, in the sense that you only have a very small amount of time to sort out code, re-render the special effects to meet the actual uh, date whereby it's being promoted that the actual product's going to be released, basically. Right. And it means you just live in that corporate setting. You do not go home. It's stale pizza and a lot of caffeine and any other. It sounds nonsense. like your idea of heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess ironically would be. I'd be sat there thinking I should be enjoying this. Are they sat in dark rooms just tapping away? Dark rooms just tapping away. Because the thing with Marvel is they have loads of um, as much test audience viewing as possible. They don't want too much because um, after a while people will spill it on the internet. And they oh. don't want to don't want it to be released that there's a there's a clever cameo of like which you've done again, which you've done again. I've spoiler. Oh dear, I think that's come out on the internet anyway, isn't it? What a disaster! Imagine if I was promoting a film. I apologise, yeah. people. Not, um, not so I'll put a horn over it. Oh, thank. Let's post production work for you to do, which is annoying. But yeah, I need to stop doing that's that. That's my crunch time. That's my crunch time. I know what a what a disaster. Everyone's got a crunch time at some point in the day, unfortunately. And um, they say that, yeah, the, the worst thing with Marvel is they make last-minute changes. And um, they say it's just uh, incredibly stressful. And also, the other thing is, they say about Marvel special effects, it's gone downhill compared to the original films. Because they're just, they're, um, they're slave drivers, they're too demanding. So the work environment is so oppressive that the actual end results aren't even that great. Oh, really? Because they're tinkering with it all Where, the time. Where did they're this come out? It came out last this week on Slash Films and other websites. And it's one of those things where other people who've worked for the Marvel House Special Effects House have um, started actually tweeting about it and say, yeah, it did affect my life. I was dealing with mental health issues afterwards. Because it's the ultimate job. But at some, time, at some point they say... I think the worst thing they said was there was no job satisfaction even at the end. They met the deadline, but the actual effects were really poor. Because it's just about... Because, right. I mean, the main thing with Disney is the shareholders say that that film must come out of that deadline. You know, we must have at least two summer blockbusters. But at the same time, they're constantly tinkering it through doing market research to make sure it fulfills exactly what the audience wants. And 
for instance, this isn't uh, Marvel. This is now um, Paramount. Do you remember Sonic the Hedgehog movie? That mm. trailer came out of Sonic where he had teeth. No, I didn't. Was, oh, yes, I do. But yeah. And there was a massive <clears throat> backlash online and they re-rendered and recreated Sonic. So they had a crunch um, time off the back of that. They said that was just insane. They say that in actual fact, a lot of the fans uh, applauded Paramount for doing it to listen to the fans. But they said for the special effects department, just small things like everyone's holidays were just cancelled. Everyone just had to go back to work. Yeah, yeah. Just your average Homer Simpson figure working in the uh, the CGI labs. But they said for them, it was just, um, just took a real toll. You're just sat at a computer, aren't you, in a in an airless black room, just writing strings of code. Yeah, just yeah. like because I mean I've done really, really, really basic um, sort of game design code and things like that. I beg uh, your pardon. On a really basic, basic level. Have you? I never, I meant never managed it. I, I don't even know. It. Do you know what? When you said writing strings of code, I just nodded. I don't, I don't even know what you mean by that. I, I don't even. I've been introduced to it, and I still don't know what it is. Mm. And you'd, you'd be sat there just, just looking at these endless virtual kind of um, uh, layers of information and bits and bytes. Yeah, it would be a real, real, real handful. But I bet it, that's it, tricky. I bet that's really hard work. And it's what, and also the interesting thing is, this is the other thing, interesting thing about Marvel. I won't go on too much, but they were saying how um, it's become more and more CGI and virtual to the extent that um, when you make a Marvel film like Thor, the editing process can go on forever and ever and ever. Because when we used to make films, you used to turn up and you'd shoot a close up and a long shot and a medium shot. But then after a while, you come away with whatever you've got in the can. Do you know what I mean? Type of thing. And then you've got to make do what you've got. But with a Marvel movie, it most of it is filmed in just a volume. And the whole thing is just captured 380 degrees. So if you suddenly thought, I want a close up of Chris Hemsworth or a, a, long, a high up, a high angle of Chris Hemsworth, you can still get that. So, you know, you're, you're, um, it's just endless what you can do. Yeah. It's so basically it's never ending work. Never ending. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like you can just change, 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 change. Suddenly think, no, we want a high angle shot there and you can do that. And then if you wrote a song called change, 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 how would it go? Change, 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 change. We've all got to change. We've all got to take the opportunity to change. Change, 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 change. change. We've all got to change. We've all got to take the opportunity to change. Change, 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 change. Oh, gotta take that opportunity, opportunity to, change. to change. That's really nice. I can imagine it being quite a hit at Glastonbury, just a field of people. Hello, Glastonbury. Yeah. Uh, you this is change. David Edwards. Yeah. This is our new single, Change. Yeah. Change to change, 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 change. change. We all gotta take that opportunity. People sitting on people's shoulders with flags. Oh, God, I bloody love it. Absolutely. Don't hurt yourselves. Make sure you don't fall off the person's shoulders and get involved. And also, I can imagine maybe like a 
a cash machine. Cha-ching, cha-ching, change, cha-ching, change. Oh, right. What is the I sound don't know if you capitalism <laughs> going on. I don't quite know where I'm going with that. No, it could work. Sort of a bit of a remix, or like change of money and things like that sort of um, going on. Yeah. No. Well, thank you for your movie news this week. Oh, no, not a problem. Joe, one last thing I'd say, movie news. This is very minor. Um, I would YouTube 3D billboards. I've been sat at home, on my own, looking at these. And if you go to Tokyo and Times Square in New York, they've all got like these 3D billboards promoting films. And they are bloody bonkers. 3D billboards? There's one advertising Resident Evil, which is a TV series, but it's based on a film. Because obviously I don't want to lose a topic on the podcast. And it's like a, a box. And there's an alien, like, zombie creature in the box. And I thought, oh, that's quite clever. It's 3D because it's a box. And it looks like he's in a prison. Then he bloody breaks out of it and starts... Um, oh, my God. I know. That's real. Fucking hell. I thought it was like a TikTok parody. So we that's are literally now existing. Do you remember Back to the Future 2 with Michael J. Fox with a shark wow, shooting out? Wow, that's you know, amazing. Max Spielberg, George 19. That's become a reality now. And in Tokyo, there's one of a dragon. And I think it's promoting the new uh, Game of Thrones prequel that HBO are bringing out in um, late August. And there's a bloody dragon scuttles out the side of the building. That is amazing. Leaps out that's in front amazing. of you and then scuttles back. Well, thank, thank you Thank you so much for that movie news. You gave us a double bubble. Absolutely. More than happy. David Edwards Movie Review. So, David, time to review last week's um, random film-generated movie, uh, which was... Now, Yuri on Patreon... Let's give me the correct pronunciation. It's Kagemusha. 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 Right, okay. So, Ge is a hard G. Kagemusha by uh, Kurosawa. That is it, absolutely. There's an interesting... David, I get so excited around this time when you start telling us how you felt about the movie. I genuinely do. I love this bit. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I like to feedback, definitely. It goes without saying. Um... Who, what's it called and who's it by? Go for it. Kagemusha Akira Kawasawa. Can't get his surname right, which isn't good. That's a terrible start. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, Kurosawa. I mean, you don't get yeah. Kurosawa's name wrong. Let's start again. What's it called and who's it um, by? It is cool. I've got my notes here. <laughs> Kagemusha uh, Kurosawa. Akira Kurosawa. Goodness yeah, me, yeah. what a disaster. What's it, it about and did you enjoy it? No, go on. What were you going to say? Um, the interesting story behind it, actually, which in some ways is almost more interesting than the actual... I didn't mind it as a film. It, it's seen as a real classic. It, I mean, you know, it was... Because um, the thing is, his best stuff, obviously, was in the 50s and 60s, uh, like when Seven was Samurai. When was this one, then? This is 80s. It's quite interesting because 50s and 60s, things like Seven, Seven Samurai was absolutely massive. It was like the altar of, uh, of Japan, of China. And then in the of 70s, where? Japan or China? Oh, this is geographically a real handful of that. What a disaster. You can tell, well, this, this... is not Radio 5. Fucking hell, I'm keeping this in. What? what is it Japan, China? Where is it? 
It'll be Japan, I thought, with the samurai. Uh... I would have thought. Oh, what a disaster! <laughs> There's a map behind you now, and I'm I'm trying to actually um, scan into it. What a nightmare! Forty-four years old on planet Earth. That's all, all right, he cares about is ET and bloody Tom Cruise. Oh, let's start again. Let's not start again. So I'm keeping this all in. But um, here we go. What's his name? And where's his he name? From? Is uh, Kurosawa. The film is Kagamusha. Kagamusha. And, and, and he is from where? He is from Japan. Yeah. He's not from Japan. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. It's, it's China. Yeah. China is a wider slice of the uh, geographical map. Let's go with China. What? He's from China? No, he's Japanese, isn't he? He is Japanese. You're quite right. I'm looking at my notes now. He's Japanese. Dear God. Thank God you got a, you got a good sense of humour, because I think most people, I'll be looking at a, um, an empty PC screen now. I'll just be looking at Google. The end of my yeah. film criticism career. Okay, so it's Jap- his name is Akira. No, it's not. It is. Um, <laughs> it's Akira Kurosawa. Kagamusha. He's from Japan. It is uh, okay. There we go. We can yeah. use this, and then um, basically, fifties and sixties a massive alter. Things like Seven Samurai, things in that vein. Seventies, his career really dipped, and he was was not his style of samurai uh, war films went out of vogue, and oh. um, he couldn't get anything made. Right. And yeah, he even attempted to commit suicide. It got that what? bad. Yeah, I didn't realize this at all about him. His whole film career was so bad. He tried to commit suicide. Oh my god! Then um, Luke, George Lucas found fame with Star Wars, and um, Star Wars is very much based on a lot of the uh, Kurosawa samurai movies. Uh, a lot of the servant characters were based, you know, was used as inspiration for the droids. And the samurai is obviously the lightsaber fighting and things in that vein. And then um, he um, got to know Kurosawa through like the um, you know the film industry and you know Lucas becoming famous, meeting Kurosawa in film festivals and stuff like that. And he helped finance this film and try and get Kurosawa's career back into motion type of thing. And Francis Ford Coppola got involved as well. And my reaction to it was it was good. It's a really interesting idea. It's the idea of a um, yeah. What's it about? Big, big um, general leader has his own community, his own people, his own clan, as they call it, sort of in, in Japan during that kind of period in the 1500s. And um, it's very much about the idea that every community needs a leader to believe in, to give them all the same focus. And he, he talks about a leader being like a mountain. In battle, he gets injured. And then there's the worry that um, he'll, um, he'll basically die. And he fears that if he dies, then the whole community will lose vision, basically, because he right. wants to take over a place called uh, Kyoto mm-hmm. uh, in four years. That's his vision. And his vision's so intense that even if he dies, he wants the community, the clan to still do that. So because he's ill after this attack, it's a case of he then finds someone who could be his, uh, his double to pretend to be him. So if he does pass away, there's still like, you know, because he's more than a person, he realizes he's like a figure. So he gets a peasant in from the streets who looks just like him to teach him how to take his role. And then the other, their main enemy that's trying to come in and take over their clan, you know, within the warring realms of Japan in the 1500s, they're starting to become paranoid, not paranoid, more conspiratorial that um, the person appearing isn't the real lords. 
Okay. And in actual fact, there is a weakness there. Now's a time to attack. I thought it was good in places. I would say it's three hours. It's very, very long. I'll tell you what, I mean, let's have a little listen. Let's have a little, little listen. So, you weren't completely convinced. No, I would say nice big Ben Hur style live action on horse um, battle scenes, which are good. Do you know how to say on horse in French? Uh, on horse? Yeah. <laughs> le horse, le en horse. Something like that. I don't know. Le on the yeah, horse. You've nailed it. Oh, there you yeah. go. So, le en horse. Yeah. Let on horn. Let this on is horn. incredibly on racist episode. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. Actually, <laughs> I wasn't even being xenophobic. I was just trying to get involved in the language. Yeah, yeah, you were trying it, to say know. on horse in French, and that's what you went on horn. On horn. Yeah, on the horse. On horn. Yeah. Maybe that's where that on horn comes from. That kind of like aye, you know. Aye. Yeah, leave that. Leave that. Leave that. Leave that. <laughs> Reverse immediately. Let's not go down there. I can see the number, the figures for this just dis disseminating after today's uh, episode. Oh, right. Um, like the opening of the film gives you a real indicator of the tone and style. It's six minutes, and it's the king, well, the lord, talking to this peasant who's going to be like his double. And it's all done in one long shot. And it's six minutes and it's okay. It's good. It's good character development, good exposition of the ongoing of, of the plot that's going to take place later on. But it's quite slow and plodding. You think, God, you know. Um, I'd love to have just seen your face during this scene that you. I it just, uh, that's that kind of slow realization what you've got to sit through for three hours. Yeah, I definitely had this in segments. I watched it in a day, but I had to take breaks. Oh, in segments? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to watch it just in one sitting. Oh. I just don't have the stamina, unfortunately, for that. Really? It shows how good films like Godfather are and Titanic, in the sense that... Um, that's a lie, really. I don't know why I mentioned Godfather. I haven't watched that for years, but it's just like <laughs> an impressive one that people like to reference. Isn't it? Terrible. Titanic's probably more real for me. To keep someone occupied for three hours, it's it's hard going. It's like I watched that that recent Elvis movie by Baz yeah. Luhrmann. That was hard work. Was you it? Know, only certain films can be over three hours. Do you know what I mean? And that was a real slog. Yeah. Massively. <sighs> okay. Well, <clears throat> I don't quite know what to say. It feels like you were. It was a tough watch. Okay, David. What are you going to give? Give. Kagemusha out of five chalk ices. I'm going to give him, um, him, the film, uh, three chalk ices out of it's five. Always three. 
Is it really? Do you know what then? To be controversial, you can do half truck ices. Yeah, I'm going to do two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and half. Another half later in the fridge. <clears throat> How did it go down at the time? Do you know? Did it was it warm? I well think was... it did. It did okay. I don't think it did absolutely amazingly. It's not seen as one of his absolute classics. It got him back in the industry. It made him um, got him back onto the mainstream in the actual. Um, he made one or two films after that that were seen as significant. Okay, so um, two and a half chalk ices out of five. Two and a half chalk ices from Mr. Edwards. It was an uphill struggle. Okay, you made that clear. <laughs> Could I do better? No. It has to be said. I'm also well aware of that, unfortunately. Ten years ago, I thought I could off, but uh, these days, no. <laughs> okay. David Edwards Movie Tip. Right, so what's this week's movie tip? This I tell you, this week's movie tip, very good one to check out. It was on Film 4 recently, and I watched it in the cinema about three years ago. And it's a film called, definitely worth checking out, it's called Animal Kingdom. I've seen it. It's Australian. Um, oh, you Yeah, it is. About the family. It's Unbelievably good, isn't it? Really good sort of social realism, Australian-based um, based movie. They did a TV series based on it. I don't know what I don't know what that's like. No, that's a film I've always thought. Got to watch that again just to confirm that it is really, really as good as I remember. It's got a proper family domestic based in reality, but very twisted kind of gangster element. And the youngest son is one of the main focuses, and you feel him dealing with all the um, internal politics of the family. And you're right. It's Where did you see that? Because I could watch that again easily. That was on uh, Film 4. Film 4. Uh, yeah, that's a great... I, I was talking to Chris about that last week, I think, or someone, or maybe Jim, just... Yeah, great movie. Who's the main it's guy in very... it? He was in um, the one with Tom Hardy, the, the wrestlers, the boxers. Yes, the I warrior, do. The warrior, who warriors? Um... Joel Edgerton. That's it. Joel Edgerton, you are quite, quite right. He's now gone on to direct films as well. Yeah, Australian neo-noir crime drama film written and directed by David Michaud. What else has he done then, what David Michaud? Yeah, what else has David Michaud? He went on to do some interesting things as well. Um, he, The Rover, War Machine, The King. Oh, The Rover is really good. That's with Guy Pearce and um, uh, Robert... Um, who's it? This is terrible, David. The way I forget these people's names. Robert Pattinson. Um, yes. Flipping it. How can I forget his name? And it's like a, a, a once again a sort of like psychological thriller in the outback. Oh, the War Machine is Brad it's Pitt. Oh, that's interesting. That was a straight to Netflix film where Brad Pitt plays a general. It's almost like a comedic term by Brad Pitt, and it was one of the first Netflix produced movies. Well, I, I agree with you, David. I mean, I, I saw it years ago. It's probably 10 years ago now, but yes. It's just got that very kind of... Because um, with a lot of films, it's overly theatrical. It feels like a film film. With that, it just felt very rooted in reality. Mm. you got the uncles, the oh, mother's the very mother. interesting. She's the one I remember. The... Mother hen. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like very much... Um, she's more in control than you actually realise. 
and um yeah she's like almost like the leader of everything really pulling the strings in the backgrounds well thank you for that movie tip not a not a problem at all happy to share david edwards random film generator so now we're going to do the random movie generator so you're going to review this for next week brilliant let's check it out uh if you're all right with that I certainly am. So this is where we randomly pick three films and then you have to blindfoldedly pick one of the three films to review. So would you please pick the genre of the first film? This is action, adventure, crime, documentary, animation. So I'm just going to go up and down with the cursor. Could you please pick the genre of the first film? Stop. Music. Oh, there we go. What's that? A music, a musical? Is that or a music video? And um, which, which uh, decade? Stop. Nineteen sixties. Right, music nineteen sixties. What would that be? And now, please tell me when to stop on one of these. Stop. My fair lady. Not <laughs> seen that one. Fantastic. That was an eye oh God, I love this fucking pod. Oh God. When would we ever come up with that if we weren't picking these randomly? My fair bloody lady. Next random movie. Which which genre, please? Stop. Music again. Blimey. Decade. Stop. 2010s. Oh, that'd be be interesting. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> no, I've never seen Pitch Perfect 1. After high, after the highs of winning, really, you should watch Pitch Perfect 1. Yes. College student Becca knows she does not want to be part of a clique. Okay, Pitch Perfect. It's very popular, that one, wasn't it? I've it's never heard popular. of it. Never heard of it. Oh, it's a big, big deal. Yeah, I've never watched any of them, but it's, um, oh, okay. it's very popular. Okay. Oh, this is very go. What's next? Okay, please choose the genre. Stop. Animation. Okay. Stop. Hang on. Hang on. And the uh, decade. Stop. Nineteen nineties. Okay. And tell me when to stop. Stop. Quest for Camelot. Oh my God, what's that? 1998, Quest for Camelot. Never heard of that one. Obviously, it's King Arthur, but I've never heard of that specific title. Okay, and now tell me, you've got your three films, My Fair Lady, Pitch Perfect, and Quest for Camelot. Please tell me when to stop. Stop. Quest for Camelot. Goodness me. It could be good. I don't know. Yeah. Quest. Quest of Camelot. Camelot. I can't I think remember it's that one at all. 1998. 1998. Do you know who's in it? No, Gary Oldman, Pierce Brosnan, Eric oh, right. Idle, Gab- uh, Gabriel Byrne. Quest of Camelot. Right, I'll give that a look. Interesting. Well, it's a bigger name cast than I remember. Well, that could be pretty bloody good. It could be Pierce Brosnan in there and stuff like that. 
Is it cell animation or computer graphics or? Um, I can't find it at the moment. Yeah, it doesn't look like. It's for Camelot. Yeah, I think it's cell animation. Quite interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. That's what you got to review look, next I've week. I've never heard of that one at all. Quest for Camelot. I will definitely <laughs> check that out. Good cast. So, I mean, the script should be good if it's attracted that sort of cast. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Does it say what studio it is that produced it at all? Or? Yeah, I'm going to have a little look-see. It's not Disney. It's not, none of the, it's not the big ones. So, it might be like maybe Fox or... Warner Brothers. There you go. Okay, so Warner Brothers, Quest for Camelot. My hope, you know, <laughs> at one point, I was imagining really awful, uh, grim CGI. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a proper kids sort of TV show slash film. Yeah. But I mean, okay, Pierce Brosnan, Gary Oldman. Yeah, you're in. Can't be snippy about that. I mean, we were, also, without this random movie generator, we would never come up with My, My Fair Lady in Quest oh, for God. Camelot. I've got to say, I was—I had nervous sweat over my fair Did lady. You? I was slightly—I'd I'd happily, you know, ah. it's a classic. So I'd try and get myself motivated and say, "Well, come on, Edwards." You know I mean, people have watched this for years for a reason. When are you going to watch Quest for Camelot today, Captain? Are you absolutely? I'm going to tune it in, Quest for Camelot. Pop it on the old uh, on the old TV and let's see what it's all about. I'll do a bit of research as well. I'd be interested. It's totally off my radar. I never remember even a poster for no. it. And Brosnan, I mean, Brosnan's like a, you know, he's a well-known figure now. But, I mean, in the 90s, that would have been golden eye yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him living off his bonds. Yeah. Celebrity. So, I thought it would be quite choosy about his projects then. You're really trying to convince yourself it's going to be good. I know I am, massively. <laughs> it could be a fucking shower. I really shit. am trying to convince myself to hit that play. Anyway, thank you very much, David, for this week. No, thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your ears. Enjoy well, thank you very much, David. Have a lovely day. Uh, you too, and thank you. And I look forward to looking at. Um, yes, I look forward to your review. Absolutely, it's on its way, sir. It's on its way. 